Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, some of the Vegas over-unders for Drake London. We'll see. You think above, below, where is he going to fall? It's time to get Contreras a spot in this lineup every day. And are the Braves building their big three? We'll talk about all of that. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Welcome to another edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We're asking you to head over to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser, subscribe to our channel, leave us a comment, tell us what you think about the show. You can find us free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey, all of your favorites. And you can follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, there are some interesting odds, Vegas odds, if you will, on some of the rookies in the NFL and whether it's offense, defense, some of the numbers and projections for these guys. So Drake London is got a couple of numbers here that I thought were interesting. So Drake London has his receiving yards this year as an over under of 764 and a half. And his touchdown number is four and a half. So let's talk about the receiving yards first. 764 and a half receiving yards. That seems like an awfully low number, doesn't it? I mean, even for a rookie and a pass catcher in the NFL trying to adjust, trying to learn, and you have the quarterbacks and this, that, and the other, that still seems like it's a low number. 765 yards in 17 games that's like less than 50 yards a game, right? I mean, that's not a that's not a big number at all. Now, the way Pro Football Focus looks at Drake London, they project him out, by the way, if you just want to know what their projection is for London based upon their analytical data and all this kind of stuff. They have London projected out at 1,005.7 yards, so over 1,000 yards, and they haven't projected at 5.7 touchdowns. So... 764 and a half. I think that the over is a fair bet on that. Um, I still think you're going to see him targeted a good bit. Um, but I just think that when I break it down by game, it just seems like that that's a number that he can beat, even on maybe not as many targets. And this is what we've been talking about with the quarterback. The big thing you have to factor into the Falcons passing offense moving forward is just the lack of a quarterback whose job has been to huck it around. And you can laugh about that, but Matt Ryan's a guy that's averaged 600 pass attempts the last four years. Mariota's never thrown more than 453 in a season. That's his top peak high performance, right? Never thrown more than 453. You have a quarterback that's averaged 600. Now, part of that you're losing. You got to throw yourself back in. We know the reasons why, but still, Matt Ryan is a huck it around quarterback. Matt Ryan isn't there to run the football around and, and make plays with his legs and all that kind of stuff. He's there to stay in the pocket, push the ball downfield. And obviously, you know, he's got a lot of wide receiver weapons that he's had over the last several years. So you factor that in. I still think that 764 and a half is very attainable 
for Drake London. And I still think that that's going to be a number that he can get himself over. I don't know. I mean, Pitts, I think will be, you know, again, we said, you know, maybe 900, a thousand yards again, somewhere in that range. I don't know if there's another guy that I immediately point to. I like Edwards. I like Auden Tate. I like what those guys bring, but I wonder how much their role is going to be. So I'll take the over on the 764 and a half, the four and a half touchdowns. And I'm surprised Pro Football Focus puts it at 5.7 in their projections. I'm going to take the under on all of that. And again, you're going to have to prove to me and show me that this team is going to be an effective red zone offense or that they can pass their way into the end zone. You couldn't do it with Matt Ryan. They couldn't figure out how to do it with Matt Ryan, and they haven't been able to do it in this offense for the last couple of years. I understand regime change and all that, and Arthur Smith's a different guy. But until you prove it to me, I'm not buying the idea that he's going to be a five or more touchdown. Not when Kyle Pitts was a one touchdown guy in his first year. And I think that there are other guys that will be a feature and focal point of the red zone offense. I do think that Kyle Pitts is going to be a bigger component to their short goal line, you know, red zone type of scheme where you're going to have to get him to football. And I think that, you you know, whether it's Edwards or whether, excuse me, it is Auden Tate or one of those guys. I just feel like that the rookie is not going to be the guy that's going to get the looks and the love down deep in the red zone when it comes to scoring touchdowns. What do I think Drake London is going to end up with? I think Drake London is probably somewhere about 800 yards and a couple of touchdowns, which I don't think would be a bad year. I don't think that would be, again, it's going to be hard to judge because we're so used to seeing this offense for the last 14 years being being a mostly, except for Matt's first few years with Michael Turner here, they were mostly a throw at first offense. Certainly, let's put it this way, certainly for the last decade with Julio and when you had Roddy and when you got Ridley and all those guys, they've been a throw at first offense. I don't think that's going to be the case, and it's going to be a different look out there. So, Four and a half touchdowns, I'll probably go over uh, under that, I should say. And I think it's probably somewhere about 800 yards and a couple of touchdowns for Drake London, which would be fine. I mean, that would be a a good year because you're just kind of trying to sort out this quarterback position, right? I mean, you don't know if Mariota can grab hold of the job and win this thing long term. You don't know if Desmond Ritter is going to be the answer and he's going to be the guy moving forward. And until you figure that out, And until you figure out what your uh, offensive identity is, because I'm still trying to figure out how good or bad, I guess, their running game is going to be. I don't know what their running game is going to be. Oh, yeah. And we haven't even talked about the offensive line, which is having competition probably for three starters. So 60% of your offensive line is probably in competition mode when we get into training camp. What does that do for your quarterbacks and this, then the other that either they're running for their life or they can't block up front and they can't open up holes for the run game. This is where this big flux of this franchise comes into is just what direction are we heading in? And, you know, it is the one question that I keep saying that I would love to ask Arthur Smith. What is our offensive identity? We have a not good offensive line with flux at quarterback, high draft capital at pass catcher, and just a cavalcade of mid-tier running backs. And with all due respect to Cordell Patterson, 
you know, he had a really nice kind of breakout year for this team with double digit touchdowns and a thousand yards from scrimmage and all that. But he was 600 yards rushing. Okay. And five or six touchdowns. That's not setting the, that that's not going to make anybody think about Adrian Peterson or Walter Payton in their prime. Okay. Um, I just don't know what our offensive identity is. And until I feel like I have a grasp on what that is, I think that you have to sort of temper what some of the individual numbers are. So if you told me 800 yards and a couple of touchdowns out of Drake London, I'd take that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that all day long out of Drake London. I think he does beat the over on the yards, but I don't think that he gets enough scores in the touchdown department to get over the five and a half. If he does hit the thousand yard six touchdown range, he might be offensive rookie of the year. Honestly, if he has that kind of number, he might be the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. All right. When we come back, uh, is it time to make a change to get Contreras in full time? We'll talk about that next. It is hitting hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head over to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your browser. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a review. Tell us uh, what you think. Give us a comment. And also, you can find us free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Always follow me on Twitter. Give me a follow at JMCH316. Well, the Braves didn't get swept in Arizona. Yay. Golf clap for... All of that as they get ready to take on the Colorado Rockies uh, for this uh, weekend series before coming back home and playing again. They've got all the dregs of the universe, Colorado, Oakland, Pittsburgh, Washington. Uh, remember what today is. Today is June 2nd. See that calendar down there? June 2nd is the date today. Remember what we talked about with the Mets where they got to head out to play the Dodgers, Padres, California Angels, and then the um, uh, back home with the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. So, But that aside, really and truly one of the better surprises this year has been how good William Contreras has been for this team. Three hits again yesterday. You look at his season stats, he's got, in literally just 19 games played, he's got five doubles, seven homers, 14 RBI, and he's hitting 302 with a 380 on base, 714 slugging, which comes out to a 1.095 OPS. So what do you do with him? The Braves are in a quandary because... You say to yourself, okay, well, we know he's got issues behind the plate. Maybe we can DH him. Okay. But ideally, your outfield on a day-to-day -day basis would be Ronnie and right, Michael Harrison center, Adam Duvall and left. And then that means that Ozuna has to DH. Well, if Ronnie's not playing in the outfield, you have to have his bat in the lineup. So that means he has to DH. So you're in a pickle because you don't have an easy spot to put Contreras in. Here's what I'm going to tell you. And this may not be popular, but it's the right move. Go ahead and make Contreras your everyday catcher right now. And I like Travis Darnot, and I don't think Travis Darnot is done, and I don't think his tank is empty or anything like that. I think you go ahead and make Contreras your everyday catcher. And I've said this before. When I heard about the idea of we're going to play him at third, we're going to play him in left or this, any other. Okay. That's beer league softball. When you get to the major league level and you start talking about changing positions, you might as well be playing at some rec league indicator on a Saturday afternoon. That's beer league softball stuff right there. Put Contreras behind the plate. Is he a great defensive catcher? No. Does he look like he's been better this year? How much of, in all honesty, when Contreras is caught, how much 
how much have we really talked about his poor defense? Or was that more of a last year thing that we spent a lot of time doing it? Put Contreras in, keep Darno as your back. And I understand you paid Darno a whole bunch of money, but with all due respect, even with the win yesterday, you're 10 and a half games out. 10 and a half games out. You can't monkey around. When all, all the pundits about, well, Memorial Day and, well, June and, well, a third of the season. Well, all that stuff has come to fruition. All, all of these little check marks that that the baseball nudniks like to just kick the can down the road of, well, we'll wait till here. We'll wait till here. Well, eventually you start waiting till here and there's no more here. And while I do expect the Braves to start getting on a little bit of a roll here because of the competition that they're playing, you got 10 and a half games in. And, and you need all hands on deck right now. If you want to tell me that Contreras catches every day and then you bring in Darno as a defensive sub late in the game, fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. Even if that means I have to burn my second catcher, I'll roll the dice on it. But what's best for the Braves is to get his bat in the lineup. And the way their outfield and DH situation plays is that you know, unless you're telling me when you rest Riley, you stick him at third or you rest, but that's not realistic. Hell, we've been talking about when is Adam Duvall going to get a day off? They're, they're going to have Adam Duvall running around with bloody stumps for legs before he gets a day off. So if you want your outfield to be Duvall in left, Harrison center, Ronnie in right, that's the ideal plan with Ozuna being the DH. Stick Contreras in there, catcher. Go ahead and pull the trigger now. I've, I've, I've asked the question, you're going to do this in two years anyway, right? In two years, when Darno's contract expires, you're going to make Contreras the full-time catcher and hopefully bring back Darno as your backup catcher. Maybe you just have to pull the trigger now. Or at least until you get some things figured out. But much like with Ronnie, that I have to be cautious with him and not overplay him in the field, but I have to have his bat at the top of my order every single day. You can't afford to, to just sit Contreras and just hope that you can find a spot for him that day. And look, even as the full-time catcher, he's not going to catch seven days a week, right? You know, you, you, Darno's going to have a couple of uh, starts mixed into all of that, right? I mean, you have to budget and you have to, you you have to not overwork your catchers. No catcher plays 155, 160 games. You know, even JT Ruomuto, who is as good a two way catcher as in Major League Baseball, he's not playing 160 games. He's not playing 150. Those guys will play. 128, 135 games or whatever like that. You got to give those guys some rest. So it's not like Contreras is going to get a chance to play every day, but because of the quandary that you're in, where you don't have an easy spot to just stick his bat in the lineup because of the outfield and DH situation. I mean, Contreras, by the way, is not a worse defensive catcher than Marcelo Zuna is a worse defensive outfielder. And then, oh, yeah, when you get Rosario back, he's another outfielder that you're going to have to put into the mix as well. There just isn't going to be an easy spot for Contreras to be in this lineup unless you go ahead for now and you pull the trigger and make him your everyday catcher. 
And I understand you gave Darno a nice little two-year extension. He's getting a decent amount of money. He's the veteran. It's not that he's been bad, okay? But, you know, Darno, to his credit, 35 games that he's played, 17 RBI, hitting 33 strikeouts, by the way, to three walks. All right, well, Contreras has 14 RBI in barely half the games that Darno has played. Right now, for a team that struggles to hit with runners in scoring position, create more runs, okay, and at times is going to have to outslug some teams because either their pitching kind of falls short or what have you, Contreras' bat is more valuable to the lineup. It's just too valuable right now for him to sit, and you don't have an easy, good position to do it in. He's not going to play third base. It's not beer league softball to just move him into here, there, and everywhere, or whatever like that. Remember when they tried all that with um, Johan Camarga? When did Camarga have his best season? That was when he played full-time third base, and he wasn't moved to left, and he's playing right, and he's playing second, he's playing short. When he he had his best season as a major league, he was in one position. He played third base for the Braves, and that was Wynn's best year as a major leaguer. Not when he played seven different positions, not when he was the ultimate utility guy and all that kind of stuff. When he locked down in one position, do that for Contreras as well. Let him be the guy that is your starting everyday catcher, okay? All you're going to do is flip the roles a little bit, and at this point, you have the guys under contract that you have. I don't care if Darno is making good money. It doesn't really matter at this point. That means nothing. What's most important right now is you have to find a way to win ball games. The best way to win ball games is to have Contreras' bat in the lineup every day, and the only spot that you can really do that is to make him the everyday catcher. All right, speaking of the Atlanta Braves, are they starting to build their next quote-unquote big three? We'll talk about that next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on Hitting Hard with John Checker here on Lockdown Sports Atlanta, youtube.com. Put Lockdown Sports Atlanta into your search browser. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a review. Give us a comment. Tell us what you think about the show. Don't forget, we are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can download us there, Spotify, Odyssey, all of your favorite platforms. And follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. We mentioned that the Braves did win yesterday, and that was good news without getting swept in Arizona. And they get ready to take on the Rockies right now. The guy that has really also, we talked about Contreras here a few minutes ago. The guy that's also been outstanding this year for the Atlanta Braves has been Kyle Wright, who is now sitting at five and three on the season, a 2.41 ERA in 10 starts, <clears throat> excuse me, 59 and two thirds innings pitched with 66 strikeouts. So he's sitting at 10 strikeouts per nine innings, almost three strikeouts to walks uh, ratio out there. His whip is 1.073. He's been to here. <clears throat> now, let me get into this decision by prefacing everything, okay? I'm not foolish enough to ever think that we're going to see another big three of Smoltz, Glavin, and Maddox. You're never going to have two 300-game winning, one whatever Smoltz had, a couple of hundred wins, a hundred something say. You're never going to see three guys be around one another long enough to put up those kinds of numbers. 
That's a once in a lifetime, not once in a generation. That's a once in a lifetime thing. We'll never see that again. But maybe this is the next big three. Now, we probably thought a couple of years ago, Mike Soroka was going to be part of that because he was outstanding. And remember a few years ago when they played the Cardinals in the playoffs that year, he had the best adjusted ERA in Major League Baseball. He was outstanding. But it's been the back seasons of season ending for Mike Soroka. Yeah, he's working his way back. But can I tell you that the idea of building around Mike Soroka, if you get Soroka back and he can give you something, great. But I can tell you, as a general manager and as a guy putting my ball club together, the last thing I'm doing is putting eggs into the basket of Mike Soroka and saying, okay, kid, we're going to jump on your back and, and ride you out of all of that. But you've got Max Freed, Kyle Wright, and Ian Anderson. Now, I know all three of these guys are really young, and things can always change on a dime with starting pitching in baseball, right? But Charlie Morton is a guy getting older. You haven't figured out some of what your back-end rotation is. You don't feel like you're set at your fifth starter, okay? Morton's here probably this year and next year. And to be honest with you, these two years are probably Morton's last years. I I think you're starting to see that Okay, it's not that Morton is completely ineffective, but he's probably in his last, you know, couple of years. And for an organization that has prided itself on pitching and prided itself on developing its pitching through its minor league system, right? How do the Braves draft? The Braves always, by and large, they draft mostly pitching. Their their philosophy has been for the last handful of years to draft a lot more pitching and then they find a lot more of their bats in an international pool. So you've spent all this capital and resources to try to find these starting guys. And maybe they've finally gotten that with Wright, Anderson, and Max Freed. And Max Freed looks like he's that leader in that clubhouse. Now, just like everything when it comes to baseball, you know, and starting pitching, there is a premium on, on all of that. And this is where it will get interesting as – you know, Max Freed, who's the veteran, if you will, of this group, you know, starts getting through some of his arbitration years. Is he a guy that they will lock down long term? But we'll worry about that and kick that can down the road when the time comes. But maybe the Braves have their next big three with Kyle Wright, with Max Freed and Ian Anderson. And in a time in baseball when starting pitching is so valuable and it's so hard to develop and keep good starting pitching. Think about all of the guys the Braves have gone through this last handful of years, right? I mean, just go in the last five years. How many guys have they brought up? I've joked about it. The Partridge family bus, right? You get the all-natural gas because you don't want to burn all the fossil fuel. So you got a all-natural gas Partridge family bus that goes from Buford, you know, the Gwinnett Braves and Buford, Lawrenceville, whatever, but let's call it Buford because that sounds better than Lawrenceville. From Buford to whatever Smyrna over there, you've got this bus that's just going back and forth, right? And and they're singing and they're on the bus and all that kind of stuff. It's the Partridge family bus just making all these trips from Buford to Smyrna, one right after the other. Think about how many pitchers we've seen, right? I mean, we, we've just seen all these guys come up and down and up and down and Newcomb and Toussaint and this guy and that guy, right? Well, now maybe you think you've found 
at least three guys to build your rotation around. And that's a rare commodity in Major League Baseball, if you think about it. You know, the Dodgers have done a pretty good job of that. Kershaw being really the long-term veteran. Walker Buehler has been a guy who came up through the organization as well. And then Urias, and they've mixed in a couple of other guys. So if you can have a group of three starting pitchers that are homegrown on one team, man, you're way ahead of the curve. Because think about how much top-tier starting pitching costs you in Major League Baseball. Look at the contract that Scherzer got. Even look for what Clayton Kershaw came back and played for a, a you know a year or two on. Look at what guys like DeGrom are going to cost you. Look at look at when some of these guys win the Cy Young and then they bolt from their team and how much money that they get. You know, Ari Dickey was a guy that was a Cy Young winner, knuckleball pitcher, and got paid a fortune to go from the you know from uh, Toronto and the Mets and all that. I mean, starting pitching is a premium in today's Major League Baseball, and if you can find three homegrown talent guys you're way ahead of the curve. Now the question becomes, when do you pay him? You know, we saw the idea of, okay, and I know it's different for pitchers than positional players because, again, pitchers can turn on a dime. It's like Mike Soroka. We thought he was going to be the best pitcher in the National League three years ago, and look where he's at now. Things can turn on a dime. We didn't see Max Freed taking the big jump and leap that he did from his first year to where he's at right now. Pitching is so fickle. But you saw this team lock up Ronnie and Ozzy and some guys to long-term deals. I'm not saying you're going to do that right now with Ian Anderson or with Kyle Wright. Freed will be coming up soon enough that you'll have to figure about, okay, what are we going to, you know, pay him? But boy, if you can, if you can look at and say, I've got my next big three, and I put that in relative terms again, Nobody's ever going to be Glavin, Maddox, or Smoltz. But this is an organization that thinks they're going to win the World Series for a long time. The core of their team is young and going to be around. Olsen's going to be here a long time. Ronnie and Ozzy are going to be here a long time. They expect Riley to be here for a long time, right? Even for right now, you've got Ozuna here for a few more years. You see Michael Harris is the future in center field. So you feel like you have another top flight prospect that you're going to put into the mix as well. And so for the fact that the Braves have what looks like could be emerging. And of course, as soon as I say this, you know, Ian Anderson's pitching tonight, he'll probably get bombed for 15 runs. Max Fried is pitching this weekend. He'll probably get knocked around. Um, you know what I mean? I don't want to put the phenoinks and the jinx on everything, but the Braves may finally have their next big three. And if that's the case, and you have three homegrown guys that you can put in your rotation, brother, you are way ahead of the curve, and it's going to keep you in contention for a long, long time. All right, we thank you for uh, being a part of the show today. Thanks for making Hitting Hard your first listen. We ask you to make our friends at ATL Day Ones your second listen. My buddies uh, Jarvis Davis and Tanitra Batiste speak to all things at the heart of the city of Atlanta. They talk dogs. They talk Falcons, Braves, everything with you there. Great conversation between those two. Always interesting topics. Some stuff that's outside the box as well. You can find them on our YouTube page as well. Just go to Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube. Subscribe to that. You can find all of our shows there. They are also free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. So download it. Spotify, Odyssey, whatever you like out there. So find them uh, as well. We thank you so much for being a part of the show. Give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow here on Hitting Hard with John Chuckry on Locked on Sports Atlanta.